What's up, everybody? Uh, we are back. I am running off of zero sleep. I am completely exhausted, emotionally drained. Uh, it's been rough. My beagle, Amber, Amber Pants. She's my love. We rescued her. When we first got her, our our thing was like we weren't going to get a dog that sheds. And then Amber came out from the back room at the rescue spot and... She was so psyched, and we forgot completely about that rule. And we're like, yep, Amber's our new dog. We took her home. She has this gnarly scar on her throat. It's like two inches long. Like, uh, I don't know what happened to her, but before we got her, she had her throat ripped open, and it healed. She's just been through a bunch. But uh, Amber right now is going through cancer, ulcerated cancer. And this is my first time. I have another dog, Elwood, Elwood the Great. You can check out his hashtag. He's the man. And he's doing good, but uh, he's struggling with it too because he can kind of tell what's going on with Amber. And, um, yeah, it's been rough, man. I've had to clean her her cuts, her open sores, like 10 times a day. She's been on steroids and antibiotics, and we even got, like, CBD oil, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> sorry to start the show out this way, but uh, I don't know. It's been weighing heavy on me, and we're actually we're going to have to put her down. Um Wednesday, I had to make the call, so we have someone coming to our house, and uh, I think we're going to do it in our backyard, and then I'm going to bury her. Um, sucks, man. Dogs are tough, man. When you have dogs, it's like you invite heartbreak, you know? And I set myself up for two losses if I'm lucky, one with Amber and one with Elwood, because if I'm lucky, I'm out, I outlive them, you know? Like, they don't live that long, so um, that's what's been going on, <laughs> but we're all right. We're surviving. Um, with that said, this episode is brought to you by World Industries. Um, if you're a skate rat out there, I know you remember World. Um, hey, you guys give me so much feedback, I'm not going to lie. Uh, they have one of the richest skateboard histories, like as far as pro, pros and artists, and just even the owner, Rocco, is this legendary, like, uh, mythical creature. And, uh, yeah, World's Back, man. And they sponsored this show. And right now we have uh, apparel and footwear available. If you go to worldindustries.com, you can check out the new Flame Boy Lives collection, which I'm really excited on. Cause I'm really excited about because Flame Boy is the shit. <laughs> and he's back, which is rad. And Wet Willie's coming, and so is in Devil Man. So and people are hounding me about that. Those guys are coming in too. We're working on that, bringing them back. Um, it's kind of like a soft opening, I guess, or like a... We're not fully coming back, but the footwear is here, and we're, we're actually working on a team with the footwear and the apparel side of things, and we may have some decks coming back. I know they're going to do reissues. I'm trying to get Chris Pastris on to talk about that. Those guys, he's he has his hands in some of the reissues, I believe, that are going to come back, some of the old pro models and stuff that you guys... Um, are really hyped on as well. Um, and possibly we might bring back some world, uh, Flame Boy Wet Willy decks as well, which I mean, that's what I'm more excited about, uh, that side of it. Because when I was young, World was all Flame Boy Wet Willy, and it was like, I don't know, it was the coolest shit to me. It was just so much art, and like, got me super hyped. So maybe we'll do some of that. But I don't think we're going to have a team for the hardware, the decks, or anything. Maybe, maybe not. But as it stands, my shoe drops in October, and... Uh, we're going to form a little skateboard team around my shoe and uh, hopefully grow the line. So, yeah, 
check out worldindustries.com. If you're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's all at World Industries. Uh, next up, The Edge Indoor Skate Park. These guys um, have supported everything that we do with All I Need and with the New England Am. And the park is amazing. It's in Taunton, Massachusetts. It's about less than 10 minutes from my house. In the winter, that's where we all end up. All of New England ends up at the Edge Indoor Skate Park in, in, in New England. Everyone ends up there. That's the spot because it's shitty out and it's 30,000 square feet of skateboard ramps, more than you could even session. And uh, it's really, really epic. So check them out. They're also on Instagram and Facebook at The Edge Indoor Skate Park. And uh, New England Am is coming November 5th and 6th. This is going to be our third annual New England Am contest. Um, last two years have been two, two to 300 people competing easily. And um, we got some sponsors involved this year, some, uh, some, some cool stuff that I'm excited to announce once I um, fully uh, lock it in. But it's coming. This is going to be our third annual. It's the biggest skateboard contest in New England, hands down. People fly in from Florida, California, like all over the place, man. Last year was so live. We got pro skateboarders. We got amateurs. We got the young bucks. We got every type of skating. Tranny, ledges, rails, you name it, we got it. It's going to be live November 5th and 6th. Uh, I'm excited for that. So I'll see you guys there. And last but not least... Each and every episode is brought to you by All I Need Skateboarding. Um, for you guys that listen, you already know. That have been listening to the show, you already know. But for the people who just tuning in, All I Need is our baby. We started this brand in the recession, and we've grown out of it. And it's been amazing. Uh, it's tripping me out, to be honest. And right now we have a new series of decks out called the Thrive, Prosper, Rise series. They just came in. They they turned out amazing. I'm I'm I couldn't be happier. You can check them out at allineedskate.com, and we also have an apparel collection on there as well, and our wartime series decks. So check that all out. And if you want to give us any feedback about all I need and um, everything we got going on, we just did a couple skate jams uh, the last few days. We did the wild card game of skate at the edge. And then yesterday we just did um, a fundraiser for a DIY spot in North Plymouth. Um, All I Need sponsored that, kicked in some stuff, and everyone came together and for a good cause and awesomeness. Um, but if you want to give us feedback, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at All I Need Skate. Our guest today is Mike Gerard. It's really rad to sit down with Mike and kind of pick his brain about um, how he got involved in the skateboard industries uh, and how he's managed to have seven years in a row of his Central Mass Skate Festival, which I went to this year, and you'll hear all about in this episode. Mike is a, a really epic dude. I enjoy talking to him. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Board today. Board today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. 
So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skaters in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know? The other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real, recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like, for me, I just loved it. Like, I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Let's let's just get into it then. Um, sure. We got a fellow event promotions. Um, what would you say you do, man? What what do you what's your title? <laughs> You're gonna give yourself a title. Um, I would say event organizer and sales rep in the board board sports industry. Kind of equal parts. That's that's like the two main job descriptions. On one half. Um, organizing Central Mass Skate Festival and a few other events that I kind of help organize. And then the other half being a skate snowboard sales rep in New England. Sick. Have you always lived in New England? I have, yep. Um, lived probably 24 years of my life in Massachusetts and uh, two of them in Providence, Rhode Island. So how old are you? Are you 24? 26. 26. So yeah, the, the majority the majority of my life in Massachusetts. Um. Where where did you grow up in Mass? In Harvard, actually. That's the the same town that I host my event in. Um, where I went to, I because I just went to your event. It was awesome, and Harvard thank you. seemed like a, a really epic place. It's great. It's like very historic and beautiful. Um, it's definitely you know, and growing up there, you can feel a little trapped in a small town, but it's a really cool small town with like beautiful scenery and a really good school system. So, not a bad small town to be in. Um, not great if you're trying to skate skate parks because there aren't any, <laughs> um, and it's just all hills. So that's actually kind of what led me to start skating down hills and getting into like you know it, not, rather than just riding my street skate setup in my buddy's driveway, you know, trying to skate a bit of everything and host an event that sort of capitalizes on the town's natural geography, you know, having so many hills. Yeah, for the people listening. We're talking about Harvard, Mass, but we're not talking about, like, in the Boston area. This is outside it. Yes. 40, 45 minutes west. It's, like, 30 miles west of um, Boston. It's basically, like, considered north-central Massachusetts. Close to, um, if you've been to eastern border, Lemonster, it's, like, 12 minutes down the road from them. Yeah. I like to say, like, there's, like, a whole part of Massachusetts, like, that whole western part that, like, I don't know what the fuck is out there. It's like oh, yeah. dragons and whatnot could be yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. Once you get past Worcester, also RIP to uh, E.B. Lemonster, <laughs> recently closed. But um, E.B. Worcester is still holding it down strong. Um, once you basically get past Worcester, I mean, even once you get there, like it's already starting to get into Dragonland. But yeah. uh, once there's like a, you could drive another two hours west of there and still be in Massachusetts. And it's just like the great expanses of Western Mass. It's crazy because no one even – I've lived in Massachusetts pretty much like the majority of my life and like I couldn't tell you what's out there at, yeah. at all, dude. I have no I, clue. I couldn't either. I drive through it pretty often. Like for snowboard stuff, I drive through Western Mass 
just route to forever. It feels like to get over towards like, um, you know, Southern, Southern Vermont. And it is just, it feels like a lot of nothing. There's a lot of beautiful nothing. It feels like, but I'm also probably going to offend people by saying that there's, there's, there's <laughs> I also, think... I mean, luckily there's, there are some cool outcroppings. There's Northampton, Holyoke, like there's a, there's the whole Midwestern mass like scene, which is pretty rad. You got theory out there. Yeah. Um, but the, then you the go thing is, the thing is, like, I think because Boston holds so much weight, and then yep. like South Shore also, there's like so much condensed into one area that this whole western part of Mass, it's so ex- <clears throat> it's so vast and big, and it's like seems so far away from those locations that everyone talks about. That I mean, obviously there's people out there, and there's probably beautiful lands. Like whenever yep. I've been there, it's amazing. But it just feels like there could be dragons out there. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad we agree. I I agree with you on that one. Um, going back to, um, skating hills. So I skated in Maine for a little while because my grandparents had a house up there and, uh, same thing. It's like a small town, super cutty. There's some flat ground, but there was fucking hills and the hills were so fun. Yep. So so that's what led you to the hills. Just like you were skating flat ground. And then from there. Pretty much. Like I was skating a street skate set up with my buddies, my two really close friends who lived right up the road from me. I didn't have a paved driveway and I lived on this massive hill called Pinnacle Road, which is like epic, huge, steep hill that they used to have bike races up and down as part of the course. Nice. So it's like I've got my hard wheel little baker set up that I got at EB and I would just hike up the road, like walk up this steep ass hill to my buddy's place and we'd skate a little flat bar and like a little plastic kicker in their driveway because it, it, that was paved and it was flat. So we'd do that, but it's like once you hit that enough times – you know, we were kind of like, well, dude, I always like walk down this hill and it's super sketchy riding down on this board. But like one of, I think one of our friends in high school, their older sibling had like just gotten a bigger board with bigger wheels. And like, that seemed pretty fun bombing around on that. So we're like, screw it. Like, we know we like to skate. We'll keep skating like in your driveway and shit, but we'll also try and like capitalize on these awesome hills and bomb some hills and go super fast. And that was, that ended up being really fun. How old were you when you started skating? Uh, about 12. Do you remember the first time you saw skating and what turned you on to it? Yeah, it was my buddy. I had a buddy in, in middle school, um, Sebastian. And he was just like the – he was kind of a soccer phenom. Nice. But he was actually way more enthused with skateboarding. So <laughs> he just had like crazy natural talent. And no one else was skating. And then all of a sudden there's this kid who's like I'm friends with through soccer – and he's out, like, sessioning whatever he can at the elementary school, like, grinding shit in the playground, um, <laughs> trying to ollie gaps, like, between, you know, one parking lot to the other. Um, and he, like, was trying to get sponsored. I-, I don't know if that was from the very beginning, but it I sort of be- started, like, realizing that it looked fun and wanted to skate with him. So I got – actually, the first board I got, like, out of, out of like, uh, Lost and Found – not Lost and Found, like, the take it or leave it kind of thing at the, at the dump. Oh, and it was like, it was terrible, but it was a board and I could like try to do stationary kickflips on it. And then was like, all right, I need a real board. Got that. And I'd skate with him and use my dad's super old school over the shoulder VHS camera and like nice. film him and didn't have any editing software. So I would just basically, we just would pop the, you know, pop it in the VCR if we wanted to watch it, <laughs> but like no, no end destination for the, for the content. We did the um, same exact thing. We just, yeah. Like- it and, and back then it was like you just take the VHS and write in the VCR and yep. I wonder if kids even know what the fuck that is now. I know. 
It was like it's like if you wanted to edit it, you just rewound over the bad clips and then just re-recorded it. So yeah. it's like like pre-editing. <laughs> it like loses quality the more you record. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was so awesome. Did I bet you, those are still kicking around. Did you? All right, two questions. Were you any good at soccer? I was I was pretty good. Like I played through high school, played varsity in high school. Like, oh. um. I was fine at it. I ended up being better at ultimate frisbee because it's like I a lot of throwing and catching and the same amount of running. What's ultimate um, frisbee? I'm probably sounding like a coop bringing this up. It's just like um, <laughs> <laughs> we backtrack. Um, it's basically it's like if you combine soccer with football and with frisbee. So it's it's like instead of kicking a ball or throwing a football, there's a flying disc. Yeah. Um, but there are teams of seven. There are end zones that you're trying to catch the disc in, and you can throw and catch. You can't run with it, but um, it's super, like, it's it's gotten crazy popular. It's really competitive at colleges and in city club. Like, there's a, a handful of club teams here in Boston. Oh, um, pick up leagues. Like, every major school has a pretty much varsity-level team. Um, so it's it, – I just started playing that at summer camp, but that was super fun. But, yeah, so I was – Good at soccer, ended up having more fun playing a similar sport, but slightly different, and um, and just sort of skated throughout in the background. Is it um, is the frisbee? Is it like um, what is that lacrosse? Is it similar to that? Kinda, yeah. It's um, I would say yeah. It's like a it's like a mix of the skills that you'd have in lacrosse. I mean, instead of having a stick and a ball, like you're just you're the, the disc is going from hands to hands, but um. But yeah, it kind of combines the elements of a lot of different sports, which is why I think they called it ultimate in the first place. You know what? Is that I never even knew they had like a league or anything with that. Is that what the I always see these like weird metal structures out in the field? Is that like you throw frisbees into it? Is that no, a, a no, different? it's it's just like you could do it on a blank piece of um, of grass. You just need to use cones to set up like where the end zones are and where the sidelines are. Sorry to sidetrack so much. I just it's all right. Think. It's I all right. Know. I could, if you if you were a little further west, like in Mask, and you had a dragon, would it be like Quidditch from Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say it's actually probably more similar to Quidditch than lacrosse. Uh, awesome! I love Harry Potter, <laughs> and that game looks fun as hell. It's super fun. Yeah, you should watch some clips. Like they actually have been making it onto ESPN top tens recently because really? like the, because the disc flies, it has so much more hang time. And so much more of a like interesting flight pattern than a football, which is just like point A to point B. Like yeah. the disc, you can do crazy shit with, and it stays aloft long enough that there's like all these opportunities for diving catches and crazy throws. And, nice. Um, it's it's pretty fun to watch. Nice. So, wait. So you said you did really good at soccer. Well, I considered that really good. You did way better than I did. We, I did pretty well. Like I was never the superstar, but I was like a good outside midfielder. Um, our team, we, we won to the state championships twice, but I wasn't like an integral part of it. I was just like on the team as a second stringer, you know, like nice. that kind of thing. Um, did you ever want to do something with soccer or with uh, frisbee? Um, soccer, not really. It sort of had run its course. I wasn't like the schools I was applying to. I wasn't good enough to be recruited onto their varsity team. So I was like, I'll just play club, either club soccer or club ultimate at whatever college I go to. I'm sure they'll help. They'll have both, which ended up being true. Um, went to Colgate, played on there. I played both for a little while and ended up liking club ultimate more. And they, it was a lot more serious of a team. It was like five days a week, two hours per day, yeah. turn, tournaments on weekends. 
Um, so that was a really good, like, athletic thing to have in the background during my school. Um, is there, like, a pro league for Ultimate Frisbee? There is. There have been two, actually. A- AUDL and oh, what's the other one called? They came around, like, four or five years ago as it started, as it continued getting more popular. Um, <clears throat> so there's, like, pickup. I mean, there's pickup a mile down the road for me. I, I could go play tonight. Actually, I think I'm going to play tonight. <laughs> there's, like, there's pickup. Three times a week, um, right in Harvard, there's like, so you can just show up and play. There are club teams, which are a little more um, competitive, and then there's elite club teams, which are like really, really competitive, and then there's the pro leagues, which are extremely competitive. LeBron and James they, and those types of players? Yeah, play, yeah. Like LeBron James would probably be really good at ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, he'd be epic. I want him on my team. Okay, okay, we're getting off track. <laughs> Um, yes, we are. What about skateboarding? When you were like, you know, you found skateboarding, you got your homie who's pretty good, and you guys are bombing hills, and you're skating yep. flat. Was there ever any, uh, you wanted to be pro or own a shop or? Um, I think, so doing the hill bombing type stuff, like, um, because there were no parks and because that was what we had found to be really, like, the most fun in our town. With what um, you had? Yeah. We just started doing some of that, and then there's this company, these, these two guys who started making videos way back in the day, um, Adam Colton and Adam Stokowski, and they made videos where it was like you had to learn 10 tricks by a certain date. They, they release a trick tip every week, what? and if you do all 10 by a certain deadline, you film yourself doing it, or you know you get filmed doing it, and you edit it and upload it to your YouTube channel by the deadline, you get a $150 off a of complete. Nice. So that was like because of, of complete, that. Hold on, hold on. Off a complete isn't a complete. Oh, because it's like a. So load. this is yeah. This is for, this was loaded boards um, that that came up with this idea and these two guys um, and their completes are like three hundred bucks. So it's basically like half off of this epic, super nice longboard, luxury, you know, long board, luxury <laughs> sick board. So that sort of exposed itself as like a way in my town with those friends and their camera equipment to like have a motivation to learn tricks and, and learn how to film. And uh, what I didn't anticipate was like create and cultivate like a YouTube following and, and get noticed by the brand itself. Not just, you know, not just get the hookup, but sort of open a line of communication with them. Um, and because of the YouTube videos I, that I was putting out um, and the following that was starting to generate, um, I got the idea, like some of them were asking like, Hey, these Hills look really nice in Harvard. Like, can we come skate with you? Um, and I kind of wanted to be like, sure. But I mean, I was also running a landscaping company in the summers while I was at school. So I'm like running this company. I can't just be meeting up every day with whoever wants to like, whoever from YouTube wants to come skate my hills. <laughs> Johnny YouTube is like, yeah, let's, let's do this, bro. And so I'm like, so I was like, well, shit, like maybe it seems like there's enough interest here that if I just host an event, and everyone can just come all at the same time, then that kills, you know, all the birds with one stone. Nice. Um, genocide. So, yes, yes, bird genocide. <laughs> so um, I took that idea to board of, the Board of Selectmen. I was like, hey, I want to do this event. I want to, I, like, I need to close a road. So I didn't want to, a lot of people do outlaw events where you just show up and blow up, basically. Like, you show up and you hope that you finish the event before the cops kick you out. Renegade style. 
Right, which is cool, but Harvard is, like, not the place to do that. And if I want my skate spots to remain intact, like, I would have, I knew I had to do it the right way. Yeah, you got to um, work with them because the town's so small that if you become a nuisance, everyone's going to know it's yeah. you and crew, and then they're going to shut you down. And they'll be there in five minutes, tops. Like, they'll be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, get out of here. <laughs> we told so, you fucking five times already, bro. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I got to do this the right way out of, like, because – that's how it's going to succeed and also out of respect to the town that I've lived in my whole life. So, um, so I went to the board of selectmen, the first one, this is like a month before the date uh, of the event, which in retrospect is insane. Cause that's like not enough time to do it properly. So I was like, like I- I'll just go in, they'll <laughs> hand me a piece of paper, they'll sign it and then we'll be done. Yeah, exactly. And I went and they were like, all right, you need to show overwhelming uh, support from the residents that are affected by the road closure you need to have a police detail, ambulance squad, um, insurance meeting like this threshold, etc. Um, so I was like, oh shit, all right, that's a lot of stuff. Let, let me work on that. And then, uh, and I had to get, I had to take all of that and then bring it back in front of the board of selectmen in a televised town meeting where they would vote on it. Like the five selectmen would say like, yeah, or nay, basically like, were you, do. you was televised. So you were there like being televised with them. Yeah. It was like, I mean, it's on the local, local cable, but I had to like present all of these things to them and it's being aired basically so that the town can like, you know, have an active role in the decision. Yeah. They'll be like, we saw young Mike, that longboarder. He's not, yep. let's let <laughs> right. Do yeah, exactly. Like that seemed like a pretty cogent and like coherent, like presentation, like, cool. That sounds good. So, um, to get the approval, like proof of support from the residents, I, I created, um, like a petition that just said, this is what it's going to be. This is how it's going to affect you. Do you support it? And like literally walked door to door down old Littleton road and collected to talk to the people. I felt like I was like campaigning or something, you know, uh, <laughs> trying to get them to vote for me. Mayor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so fun. I'm like, so I'm, you know, getting, working my way down the road and almost everyone was home. I like went on a weekend, so they'd be home. Um, every single one of them signed it. Like the very last guy was kind of a putz and he was like, I don't, I don't know how this effect like benefits me. And I was like, all right, well, like, Whatever, dude. Why does so, it have to benefit you? Yeah. I was like, it doesn't even matter. Like, you, he lived at the end of the road. So I was like, you'll be able to get in and out of your driveway. No problem. Like, whatever. You're yeah. fine. There's um, always that one guy, for sure. For sure. And and uh, so I went back to the board and said, like, here's my petition. Here's the insurance certificate. You know, here's uh, – I met with Chief Denmark, and the police is going to have a detail. And nice. uh, the ambulance squad is all lined up. And this is on Tuesday, and the event – I've already been promoting it on Facebook and like YouTube and it's the event is for that Saturday. So might be I hadn't even, uh, who knows? Right. I was <laughs> like, I hope that you approve this because everyone I, I've already like, you know, put it out there to everyone. It's um, happening, bro. It's happening. So Tuesday meeting goes well, unanimous approval. And there we go. That's our first central mass skate festival, uh, yeah. seven years ago. Damn. And it was like a one-day event. We tried to do everything. I, I looked at the flyer, and I think it was like 10 a.m. to 4-ish. And like all these different events we were trying to do, which we got through, but it was like rushed. a rush. It was a rush <laughs> job for sure. And uh, 45 people, I think, came out, which was still pretty cool. Damn, for um, the first one in the sticks. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, I was stoked on that and knew as soon as that one ended that I had to like that I had to keep doing it. Did you have then, were you having people coming from outside of Harvard too? Because like YouTubers and stuff. Yeah, we had people from like Connecticut. You know, that first one was just probably Massachusetts, Connecticut, um, a few from like New York, New Jersey. Like some of the guys from Boston came up from New York, um, but pretty local. And then actually, right before. So flash forward seven years till now, you know, I was looking at this map of where people came from. What did I just do? Um, and it's crazy. It's like I've got a map. Oh, so of, you can see where everyone's from. Yeah, nice. dude. It's like, you know, uh, all these people from Ontario, from Quebec, you know, like all every little blue dot is another person. You know, M Minneapolis, four people came from there. Two people came from Wichita, Kansas, a bunch of people from uh, California, Washington State, British Columbia. Texas is on the map. Texas, um, nice. Puerto Rico, Chile, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina. So it's it's cool. It's become kind of a destination, um, which I'm very proud of. That's impressive because, like, some people can't even pull that off in, like, a city that most people know. So to do it in this one place that's so small and, like, off the beaten path is pretty I know. It's nuts because, like, we had about 400 people compete this year and probably another, you know, 400 family members, spectators, whatever, maybe more. But, um, you know, say that's 800 people, that's more than 10% the population of the town. So yeah. it's like we just show up and it just turns – it explodes into a three-day, you know, festival of skateboarders. And then as soon as the event's done, we clean it all up and it's like it never happened. <laughs> so sick. So, so the progression of the event. You have your first year. You yep. actually had people. You got all the the following years. Did it get easier with the town and everything? Well, it, yeah. The, so the town part got easier. The first six years, I still had to go in front of the board, get formal approval, like go through those steps. Um, so that got a little more like well greased. Um, there was a new board of selectmen who was kind of a dick. Um, yeah, who, who, who he cropped up like Central Mass Five, and he was an absolute like. He was really, really frustrating. Luckily, the other four board members are like, stop being an idiot. This is fine. We all vote in, in support. Yeah, we've um, done it he's Done it for four years, and it's been right. pretty good. So right. back, back off, Bob. Back off, dude. Like, yeah, <laughs> quit, quit it. Um, have a coffee. Relax, bro. Right. And one of them was like, um, so just so you know, we pre-approved $10,000 for a skate park years mm -hmm. ago, and we still haven't made that. So you can just pretend this is our little skate park that we have already Im indicated that we want to exist. And yeah. it's just for three days, you know, instead of all year round. So if anything, this is a better version for you if you hate the idea of skateboarders in town. So nice. that worked out. Um, I'm actually trying – this is not, not to sidetrack it, but I'm trying to figure out a way next year where we get that funding – and they basically create a flat plot of land and then all the ramps I use for my street course and slide jam, I bring there after the event. So it's like a public outdoor skate park that I provide the ramps and for free. And then I just reuse them during the event. Um, so we'll see. So it'll That's, be a temporary skate park or I mean, well, it'll be, it'll be like a year round skate park, just as you know, a small flat thing, like whatever you can fund with $10,000. But um, so, so that my ramps, instead of sitting in a storage unit year round, they're actually getting out skated. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. I'd rather see that than, you know, collecting dust, paying off 155 bucks a month just to have them sit like alone at U-Haul. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. So there, um, there could be so much shredding going down on those things. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like there's, it's, I, I feel bad about them not getting shredded, you know? Yeah. So, 
So over the years, the, the Board of Selectmen stuff got easier, but I also made it harder for myself because I was like, oh, a one-day event, that was cool, but like, I want to have a two-day event. Like the first, I think, three or four years, it was a one-day event. And then I was like, we have a better hill for one of these, the, the slide jam. Like there's a better hill that we can do it on. Um, let's let's try to apply for a second permit and do a two-day event. So Central, Ma Central Mass 4 and 5 were two-day events. Um, so that made it harder because it's you've got the logistics of another hill, that many more hay bales that you need to get for like impact protection. Um, I was watching. Sorry to cut you off, but I was watching the videos and I was thinking about that. I was like, "Yeah, how the fuck you guys get a truck and you have to bring all these?" And then everyone's carrying these hay bales, bale of yeah. hay around and shit. Yep. Yeah, I actually make the hay myself at a farm in Harvard. Um, <laughs> Are you joking? No, I'm not. I'll send you the video. It's actually there's a pretty sick promo video of me making it. That's um, awesome. <laughs> so, so it's one of the guys that I used to do landscaping for, and he had a, an operation making hay for local horse farmers. And then I was like, I bought it from him the first year, a few years ago. And then, uh, and then last, two years ago, I was like, hey, like I need hay bales this many by this date. And he's like, oh yeah, I, I don't have the same help that I had last year. I'm not going to be able to make that many, but if you want, I can teach you how to run the equipment and you can make them yourself. That's and I was it. like, uh, sure, that sounds crazy, but sure. You're the right um, person for the job because how many people need bales of hay, you know what I mean? I like, know, yeah. I besides know. farmers, I guess. Or what else do you use a bale of hay for? Uh, so there are a lot of horse farms in Harvard, and horses eat hay. Nice. Um, so there's actually a lot of local demand for it. Um, so he taught me how to use the equipment, and then this year I was completely solo. Like two years ago I had some help. This year it was just like – no, you're on your own. I'm on vacation. Like, please don't break my tractors. Um, and it all, it all worked out. Um, <laughs> he was like, oh, I, that 10 grand needs to go into a new John Deere guy. Sorry. No skate park. No skate park. Yeah. yeah, my bad. I broke the, the hay tractor. I was um, hay and shit just went, got crazy. <laughs> yeah, it went sideways. Um, so, so, yeah. So, I started making my own hay a few years ago. I went to a two-day event and then for Central Mass 6. So, last year, I expanded it. No. Central Mass 5, I expanded it to a three-day event nice. because by that point, I was like, I don't want this to just be a longboard event. Like, I also I like normal skateboarding, and it's a valuable and much bigger industry and something that I, I want to foster, like, interconnectedness instead of having it be completely separate. Like, there are so many people who like to do both. Yeah. Like, why, why put a wall up in between them? So, um, also, I had so many people, you know, 200, 300 people show up race morning on Saturday and I have to process all their waivers and wristbands. And I was like, why don't I add a third day with a mini ramp encourage you know, normal skateboarding, street skating, you know, transition skaters to come out and also use that day to process all the registrations for Saturday and Sunday. So I don't have to like lose my mind going through a, a mile long, like line of people trying to get checked in and practice runs. It's so, intense. It's intense. Cause then that adds to the clock, the pressure yeah, totally. of everything, you know? And, and most races are like a three day event just for racing. Whereas we do one day, mini ramp street course, one day uh, race, one day slide jam. So we had to race 200 something people all in one day and all in one road. And we only have two hours for practice. So like if, if, I don't get through those registrations in time, then then people are getting pissed off and not getting their practice runs, and the rate the race runs late, and we go past our permit. And the so guy forth. at the end of the driveway's pissed. Exactly, that's the biggest problem. It's like if the residents decide that it's too much of a 
inconvenience, then they can they can end the event next year. You know, just saying, hey, we're over it. So, um, so I had to be kind of diplomatic and, and very time sensitive with that because we're on public roads. Have you um, noticed? Have you noticed? Because you've done it for seven years now. Has this? Has the town come around? Have they seen like an? Uh, a bump in their business because if you're getting this many people and I, sure. I went this year and the mini ramp part that I got to skate with my crew and everyone there that was so fun and you had like the mini tent set up with, for all the sponsors it was right at like the general store basically yeah. yeah 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 no the town the town everyone I speak to is overwhelmingly in support like they love it they're like I can't believe something this cool happens in our little town and like my son went and now he wants to buy a, like a skateboard or a longboard and Nice. Um, a lot of the residents who I, you know, people who I played club ultimate with or people whose landscaping I did or made some people, hay for them. Yeah. Yeah. People <laughs> I, I made hay for, you know, it's like, I'll see them each day. You know, it's like, I'll run into my old ultimate team captain and my old landscaping client and my, you know, high school basketball coach. And, you know, it's like, they're all there and, and digging it. So that's so rad. I'm very happy about that. Most of the residents whose road we use, um, well, two two different roads. Um, they're also supportive, and they'll they'll set up a tent or like lawn chairs and just watch from their front yard. They're like, "Yeah, we got the best seats in the house." So <laughs> it's tight. it's cool. The only people who I heard anything negative from this year were the people who live in town center, who we like really cranked up the Metallica during the finals of the mini ramp jam, and it was like a little too heavy for some of the some of the you know eighty year old people who are like my window are shaking like plus i was like on the bullhorn just yelling yeah yeah so it gets a little it gets a little noisy and like i get it and and luckily it's over quickly and i'm like we're gonna be at a different hill the next two days like this is just for today thanks for putting up with us yeah sorry sorry it was so loud yeah but thanks for being so cool because that one day could make a, like a big impact in all these people's lives because they come together For and sure. have fun and they remember that shit. They got their time off. They got their work off. It's like yep. they get some recognition for their skating and the things they love. They get to meet, meet the same people that are passionate about the same things. and like Exactly. There's so much energy always at, at like events. I, lo- I love it. For sure. I, I do too. And I think, I think I've been really happy with – so I, I added the mini ramp three years ago, Central Mass 5. Great mini and, ramp, by the way. Great thank mini you. Ramp. Yeah, so that was like a big decision because I, I rent that from Waterville Parks. It's it's expensive because they've got to truck it down. They've got to stay in a hotel that night. They, in New Hampshire, a, Waterville, New Hampshire. Yeah, Waterville Valley up in New Hampshire. Beautiful, so, you know, beautiful out there. I've seen bears out there with Ralph Murphy. Long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a great. It's it's a, it kind of feels like Western Mass, but like with bigger yeah. mountains. Yeah, there's um, like definitely there's. I went to Waterville Valley. It was very very fun, and we rode bikes down a mountain. I thought I was gonna yep. die. Yep. We stopped halfway and went swimming in this like beautiful like natural slide that was like a waterfall Sick. slide. And like we we stayed up. Ralph had me um stay up super late and he put some chicken on like top of this trash can. <laughs> okay. And a fucking bear. A bear came <laughs> moseying in, dude. And we were like, Jesus. dude, I was like five feet from a bear because we we're in this like column of stairs and it had like fencing around it. And the the trash bin was on the other side. So I literally was like less than five feet. I could have touched From a bear. it. Yeah, and it was Damn. just eating this chicken, and it did not see us at all because it was like that's awesome. Yeah, it was trippy. So. Sorry, I didn't go off on that. No, no, that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> we, my family, we never really like vacationed anywhere except for New Hampshire. So it was like summer, winter, fall, spring. It's like where are we going? Oh, New Hampshire. So <laughs> nice. I, I, I know it. I know it well. Um, do you fish? I do a bit. I'd like to. I'd like to more. Um, 
I have friends who are like super into it and it seems fun and very like relaxing, but yeah. I got, I got to get more into that. Tight. But, um, <clears throat> so, so yeah, I've been, I've been really, you know, it was a big decision. I dropped, you know, $2,500 to have this mini ramp there. Nice. Um, and it's, I don't want to charge so much for entrance that people that for registration that people don't want to, that people don't want to pay it. So in a way, the mini ramp is almost like a, like an olive branch extended to the, I just, just encouraging skateboarding of all types to be there and to coexist. And, um, luckily this year, a lot of people did register and we had a sponsor who was specifically tied to the mini ramp. So like, it's no longer a complete, um, like loss leader, you know, financial investment kind of thing. It's like, it's a little more self-sustaining. And I think it adds a really great dimension to the event and the street course. This is the first year that we had like a proper street course because I have all these ramps that I have made for Sunday. Same deal as like the outdoor skate park. It's like, why not, why not put these to use on Friday? You know, we, we can't use the biggest ones. Like it doesn't make sense to have a big air ramp in the middle of a parking lot, but yeah. you know, pole, pole jam, flat bar, rainbow rail, kicker, like all that littler stuff is, um, was fun. And it seemed like people kind of shredded it. And especially when we were throwing down cash for best trick on, on each different ramp or rail. So yeah, the rainbow rail was pretty sick. Cause it, what it was, was it was um, a wedge ramp going up to this rail that rainbowed out, but it met flush with the ramp. So you could just literally ride onto this rainbow rail and grinds and slides. It was a little sketchy. Cause like, you're not all <laughs> you're just riding. And if you're not, if you're not centered, you're going to get sacked. Like one kid right. kind of sacked it. Oh, he sacked it so hard. Yeah. He was all right though, but it was yeah. so fun to ride away from. It was really cool. I like yeah. the street course. Um, I like simple, clean obstacles, like a flat bar or something like, a rainbow rail where you can have some fun on and then you had like a bunch of wally stuff and little yep. handy pads and ledges and um yeah it was good it was enough space too yeah i try to try to keep it from being crowded but also have enough enough different stuff that people aren't like bored like what's the deal there's like one kicker and a mani pad you know it's um and that's something i want to grow and something that people like you can give me good insight of like hey that would have been cool if we had you know a couple parking blocks you know which i actually tried to get but um you know, like whatever I can do, I'm, it's a totally fluid event. I, I change things, even though the framework stays roughly the same. Like I'm happy with the three days, the three day format, you know, mini ramp, uh, street course day one, downhill race day two, slide jam day three. But um, the details are fluid and I'm always trying to like make it better and better each year. Yeah, that's the goal, man. It shouldn't be static. It, it should, no. You should always add, like maybe not necessarily add like another day or another event, but add on to those events you have right. and make them better and special. That's like the goal with like any event that I tried to be a part of is like try to make it rememberable and something that people like just had a great day. It's their day right. off. It's their fucking day off. Like they took time yeah. off to Dude, just go have a fun uh, day. I mean, some of these people, like I was telling you, you know, they, they flew out from like this dude saved up for a few years so he could fly up from Puerto Rico. Crazy. And like, it's like, I want it to be a super special, memorable thing. And I'm under no illusion that I've made the perfect event. So I'm always trying to like make it as perfect as it can be and improve if whatever I can the next year. That's a good attitude to have. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. We got it. I was there for the mini ramp and the street course part, which was awesome. So I already understand that one. And, uh, and it was cool. I got to be on the bullhorn and be part of the energy. And you know what's sick yep. is you had Marcus Bandy there, which he shreds, dude. If you guys don't know who Marcus Bandy is, just go, uh, YouTube his name right now, and you're gonna see some gnarly skating. Yeah, he's been like a you know pro street skater back in the day. He's been skating forever, and he still shreds. And he, 
got in that mini ramp and killed it in there. And um, he's he's now involved with busting and with wheelbase. And so he's been an integral part of my event um, since probably Central Mass 4, I think is the first year we collaborated. Because with Wheelbase Magazine, his vision has been, you know, promote all types of skateboarding. Nice. And that's kind of my goal with, with this event. So we partnered up then as like a media partner and, and have stayed um, collaborative since then. And, and uh, yeah, it's, he's, he shreds for sure. That was a nice treat for me because yeah, because you guys knew each other, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I've met him a bunch a bunch of times, but we're usually just skating, like, hey, what's up, skating? But like for me, I I'm a fanboy, so like I watch his skating in videos and stuff on the East Coast. I'm watching him in my basement during the winter. And right, he's doing these like tail slides down these like eight crazy, yeah. uh, and it's like. So, like, when he was there, I was like, dude, this, I felt like a little kid. I was like, this dude's, like, uh, one of my idols. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But I've talked to him a bunch of times, but still, I'm still, like, I have that vision of the videos and magazines, what I saw first. So, even though I met him and he's, like, a completely normal dude with a good sense of humor, that's, I'm having a fan out moment, sorry. Sure. No, 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 it's cool. And I think it's, that's, like, one of the goals of the event is, like, so many people who otherwise might not have the chance to meet. Um, do the, like the, they're basically forced interaction because all of a sudden all these people from all these different walks of life and different states and different genres of skateboarding are in the same place and it just I find that a lot of like interconnected you know a lot of interconnectedness and like new conversations get started just people who would have never even seen each other yeah that's right that you have him involved in but it started as like a media relationship with his yeah. magazine and the event Yep. So he was like, Hey, I, you know, I, I like what you're doing with your event. We'd like to get involved and help cover it and spread the word. Um, so we, we got that going and, um, you know, he would come out and film a video, but also help with pre-event promotion and, um, you know, have some input on how the event is run. Um, just th that's like a minor part of it, but mostly, you know, be our eyes and ears, get the word out to more people. Um, and use some of his influence to encourage some more people to come out. Um, so yeah, that I've been doing that. Like there are other media people who get involved um, and who help spread the word. And I, I try not to have it be super like exclusive, but um, but they're sort of the ongoing, you know, partnered media outlet. Okay, I got I got more stuff for us. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I actually, we have a lot, so I hope you're down for the ride, bro. I'm down. Right. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very proud to have this platform, or for skateboarding to have this platform, because it's uncensored, and we can talk as long as we want, and it's like, I have a lot of stuff I want to ask you about, so it's sure. nice. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know many other platforms that belong to skateboarding that we have quite like this, so. Sure. No, it's very unique, and I'm, I'm flattered to be on here, and I'm, I'm glad that you have this um, you know, capability. Well, we got to use the long format, okay? So. Yep. All right, let's. I wanted to ask about ProTech too, because we have a mutual friend over there, RP Bess. Yes, RP Bess. He's a, he's a great dude. How'd you guys get involved? How how'd they get involved with the, the long the Central Mass event? So it's a pretty good example of how my event organizing work kind of overlaps with my sales rep work. Yep. Um, so I got picked up by ProTech as a sales rep for New England in nice. March. Um, I had been working for a different helmet company before and like ProTech came along and it was a much more compelling um, opportunity. So nice. um, I had been working with them as a rep and from, from the get go, I was like, by the way, you know, I run this big skate festival. Um, I'd like to have you guys involved if you're able, you know, here's sort of what 
here's what it looks like and here's how I think it would benefit you. So from the jump with them, they knew that it was something I wanted to collaborate on. And then um, as the date got closer, they were like, yeah, no, we want to we want to be a central part of it and, and support it. And um, so it's cool. That's where like they're totally co mutually beneficial, where having them involved with the event and heavily branded and, and very visible helps my work as a sales rep, but also my work as an event organizer helps them get immediate broad visibility just in one three day weekend, you know? So, which is, nice. um, which is great. And then I think they enjoyed getting to come out and, and spreading the word and Protech's been involved in the skate world forever, but hasn't really made any, any jump into the longboard world. And it's, you know, all of a sudden you've got basically the biggest, you know, closed road skate event in the world and all these kids are just seeing ProTech each day and having a positive experience with it. So, yeah. Is it um, your first time working with RP? It was. Yeah. I mean, I was introduced to him when I got hired by ProTech, but that was my first interaction with him. He's the fucking man. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a great dude. He's super cool. RP, I've known him for years and like, he's <clears throat> helped me out tremendously, tremendously with sponsorship with skateboarding and world industries and yep. <laughs> But more importantly, he's just been like um, one of those friends that like is always there and is he's one of those people that is like the most solid dude I know. I'm not sure. sure like he's RP is like a solid human being. So I'm psyched that sure. you guys got to work together. That's so cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've got a super positive, um, you know, reaction to him just from the get go. This is my first project, but like they followed through. They I was worried they might not even sponsor the event, but they like came in strong. They did the right, they did it the right way. They supported it. They showed up, they flew out and set up a tent. Like some, I'm amazed some sponsors, they'll throw down cash and then not even show. And it's like, I, I know that it probably doubles your cost to fly out and book, book your stay at a hotel. But like they came out, made an impact, got to meet everyone, got to take media, you know, like made sure that the sponsorship was done the right way on, on my end as well. So, yeah, it's nice if they'll come out and be a part of it because that means they're down for the growth. They're not just trying to like kick in money to have a logo there just to get, right. they're like, no, we'll come out. We want to support you and hopefully this will grow and be mutual. For sure. Both. That's like, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, and I know from my perspective, how much more value um, there is for a sponsor when they're physically there, like having seen the ones who do show up and do capitalize versus the ones who just, you know, get the logo on the t-shirts, posters, digital flyer, whatever. And, and like, I just, I'm glad that there are brands who are willing to still support it in that way, but I, I'm happy to see when they show up and like make the most of it. Yeah, 100%. And that that's the way to do it too because then you get to feel the energy, you're part of the moment, you're more invested like not just financially or for product or whatever, but you're actually like you get while everyone's there. Like I said, we right. try to try to make it a moment, make it something people remember. For sure. So if the sponsors yeah. can feel that and see that then it's just you know, with any work, if you have your hands in it, it's awesome. Yeah, and hopefully RP got it back home and was like, "Damn, that was sick." Yeah, I'm you sure know? he did. <laughs> leads me into um wanted to ask you because i wasn't there for the downhill race the slide jam which one going to the slide jam i'm curious is it just power slides down a hill well it's it's that's a big part of it but um you know those same ramps that you saw on the street course imagine those set up at the top of this hill that's like it starts off you know pretty pretty steep you can get a good head of steam like you've got enough speed to hit all those features without having to push, you know, you can pop off a kicker, hit a rail, go over the rainbow rail. Are there, but people, then are there people on like, um, 
eight by thirty two and by longboards and like all different types of people. Yeah, ride every 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 type of board. I should send you one of the videos because there's there are a few that have come out that are really really nice now. Um, so every type of board. Some people on normal skate decks. Some people on full blown like super long longboards. And uh, so in addition to those smaller street course features, we've got this huge, um, like, oh, it is an eight foot by 16 foot bank. It's like this banked landing that's that my dad spent like a month building in our backyard. So it's a true family affair. Um, <laughs> so we've got this big kicker ramp and then this banked landing. So people can, you know, ride the kicker to flat or they can land on this sort of like 30 degree angled bank landing. Um, so that's a pretty fun one. Or they can just ride up it and slash on it and come back down. Okay. And then there's also a big, air, a big air ramp, which is, you know, eight feet wide, four feet tall, um, you know, transition kicker with a flat, you know, eight foot long flat top and a rolled landing. So this thing is when it's all assembled, it's substantial. It's, it's wide and long and like you can really go huge on it. Or if you want to just practice a little, you know, if, if you do a little, tray flip and land on the flat top, it's not going to crush you because it's just like a mellow transition and then a rolled landing. So yeah, you can handle it. Yep. So during the, throughout the day at the slide jam, the whole upper part of the course is basically like a downhill skate park. And then you go around this bend and the, the road gets way steeper. And in that steeper part of the road, kids are just doing crazy power slides of like every type, you know, it's not just like heel side, power slide, heel side, power slide. They're doing like you know, 80 foot switch backside power slides, Jesus. you know, they're, they're doing like, you know, um, really intense technical, um, fast slides on wheels that are big and soft that, you know, I've, I've seen a, a ton of street skaters be like, Oh, like that, that looks easy. And then you try and push them out. And just because there's so much more contact patch and so much more grip they're they're hard to slide. And, yeah. uh, and they hook up viciously. You know, if you, it's like high siding on a, on a snowboard, you know, if you, are going 40 miles an hour, you throw a big slide and you lean too far downhill. Like you're going to be getting absolutely wrecked. And that's why we make, that's why we make this, the hay bales. Cause at the end of the day, it looks like someone like took out their vengeance on hay bales and just murdered all of them. <laughs> <laughs> just guts everywhere. It, it is. It's a, the worst cleanup job because we, t the hay bales when they're full with strings are already a lot of work. But imagine them all just exploded as loose hay, and we have to get it off the road with pitchforks and our bare hands into the back of a truck and then shoveled it back out nice. at some dude's farm. So it's like, it's pretty hectic. It looks like bloodshed, like hay bloodshed. Do they, do they recycle the hay? They use, so the, the, hay, the bales that don't get destroyed, um, I, I bring to a horse farm and they use them as feed, but then all the loose hay they use as mulch at a different farm. This guy who's growing vegetables, trying to feed homeless people. So like we donate it to him so that he has ample, you know, mulch just for his gardens basically. Right. Okay. So back to the downhill slide. Um, and forgive me for asking, but has there been any injuries? It's been seven years. So has there been anything? Gnarly? There. So we have an ambulance squad on site all day all three days and they're definitely the busiest on the slide jam day. Um, <laughs> getting close, getting close. Like, but, but you know, this year, so, so they had, they have like a mobile medic teams where they can walk up and down the hill with like a bag and what they need. Nice. So we really, we actually only had one ambulance trip. Um, and that was for like a pretty haggard knee injury, but actually not nothing broken, just really gashed up. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, you know, they probably treated, 
150 cases of road rash, but it's just, you know, kids would go down and go to their tent and be like, look at my arm, and they, like, put a bandage on it, and then they go back to skating. Nice. Um, are, are people kitted up in leather and shit? Like, do they get pads no. on and slide and stuff down there? Um, on, there's no leathers. Um, some people wear leathers on the race day, but that's, like, if the course is non-technical enough where you really don't need them. Um, so everyone on the slide jam day is just wearing, like, a normal skate outfit. You know, they're wearing shorts or pants. Some people have – a lot of people wear, like, kind of slim knee pads so that they still have mobility, but they have some protection. Nice. Um, a lot of G-forms out there. And then uh, some people are padded up, but a lot of people don't wear anything, and, and they get pretty beaten up. But, you know, it's like it's hot enough, and you're hiking this steep-ass hill all day, and style is certainly part of it. So everyone's wear, everyone has to wear a helmet and slide gloves on that day just because it's I, – I saw so many heads hit the pavement going like 30 to 40 miles an hour. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's essential. But um, head for sure. You don't want to get a concussion on your day off. Right, right. Or like, you know, you can get pretty traumatic brain injury, like, um, going as fast as they are. So, do you have, um, sorry to cut you off, but do you have a, a speed gun, like a police officer? We, yeah, we've, we've used those before. It's not really the goal on the slide jam. Like some people go fast because they want to do big slides, but, um, the goal on the slide jam day, it's, it's all like a style contest where we have judges up and down the course, one of them at the top judging the ramps, like seeing who's doing cool shit on the ramps and then people down in the lower part of the course. So it's not really a top speed contest. Um, although we do have like a longest slide competition at the end of the day and a biggest air and certainly like the faster you can go, the better. Um, do you remember what the longest slide was or what was impressive? We, we didn't measure it out, but it's like over a hundred feet by, by a good mark. Like they, bomb this huge hill and they probably are going almost 50 when they start their slide, like probably 45 and just absolutely sending it. Um, it's really fun to watch. Uh, you should like, then, you should like tape it off or something so you can see what a hundred is and then people could start at the beginning maybe. And like, that's true. Well, what we do is we use cones. So like there's a cone on either side of the road that shows where you have to start your slide. Oh, sick. All right. And then, and then there's another cone. There's actually two, one that marks out the longest, you know, frontside slide, one that marks out the longest backside slide. Um, and as people go farther and farther, we move the second cones down the road just to mark where the longest one is. Nice, um, that's it. But, we, but yeah, having a 100-foot mark would be kind of cool. We actually had to, we had to move the starting line farther up the hill because kids were sliding so far that they were getting to the, the apex of the, like the bottom of the road. <laughs> It, it was probably looks ridiculous. You got to slow mo some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll seriously, I'll send you this video. I think you'll really enjoy it. There's there are some epic clips. And I'll, put it, people... I'll put whatever links you send me. I'll put in the show notes so people that Sick. are listening can check them out, out as well. Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, I think that'll give you a good sort of visual of it. And when people fail doing that, like they fail spectacularly. <laughs> it's, it's like we're pretty fun to watch. <laughs> okay, so what about um, downhill race? How's so that? that's. That is um, sort of like the original event from this event. Um, it's There's a, about a mile-long stretch of pavement. Um, it's super wide, very smooth pavement, not crazy technical. Like there are some roads that people race on that are like hairpins, 50 miles an hour, really intense, whereas this is, you know, maybe 41, 42 miles per hour if you're going the fastest possible. Um, there are no hairpin turns, so it's but it's kind of like a windy, super fun road. It's the road I used to skate down i'd walk up from my house 
and bomb down this road to get to my work, which was at the general store, um, which is our food and beverage partner for the event and like the super headquarters, you know, during the event, as you saw. So genius. So yeah, I would walk up my road, bomb down what has now become the race hill and then clock in at the general store. So it's, it's cool. It has a lot of like roots value to me. How long Um, do you think the ride is? It's a mile long. I'd say they average probably like their average speed is probably 30 miles an hour. So it takes a couple, you know, two minutes. Um, that's a good ride. It's a good ride. Yeah. And, um, there's a lot of drafting and passing and it's, there's a start line and a finish line and they're allowed unlimited pushes off the starting line and it's heats of six with the top three advancing. And for the first round, if you get bottom three, we actually tried something new this year where instead of just being like, sorry, you're out, like the bottom three got put into a B bracket, like a second chance bracket. So, you know, we had 196 people, 192. And after one round, it split into the 96 person A bracket and the 96 person B bracket, um, which was, it went well because all these people who would have otherwise been out, um, you know, get a sort of a second chance. And regardless, I always like my goal, there are some races you pay a ton of money, you get knocked out and then you have to stop skating. Yeah. Whereas with this, I have shuttles running all day. And as long as there's room on the bus on the buses, like you can get on and, and keep skating. You just have to wait until that round of heats is done. And then nice. I send every, everybody as a big group. Has anyone from the B bracket mm-hmm. ever come back in like one? I don't. So the B bracket was just introduced this year and I have it as a completely separate, separate entity. Like you can't get back into the A bracket once you're in the B bracket Okay. okay. because normally you'd already just be completely out. Um, but instead I, I create like, it's, it's instead of having like a pro category and an am category where people are like, I don't know if I'm a pro, like, what do I do? Um, everyone's just lumped together. And then basically based on how well you do, it seeds you into the pro or the am category. That's you know, cool. With, That's like without, a natural way to do it. Yeah, without having to like force people to categorize themselves. And then there's a, ju- a junior division for 16 and under and then a women's for women. That's sick. How many girls show up? Not enough. Uh, I think we had like 12, 12 girls race. We Ooh, only that's had like, pretty big. That's pretty impressive. It was – yeah, it was good. Last year we had 16, so I was bummed to see less ladies. But um, And there were only I think two girls who did the slide jam – because, you know, it's, it, there is a lot of carnage and, and uh, I think it's a little intimidating. Same with the mini ramp. You know, I feel bad. I I've, didn't even realize there were, there were a handful of girls skating the mini um, during the day while I was, like, registering people. And then um, when it came time to do the jam, they were it's like there are so many dudes crowded on the deck that they're just, like, felt a little forced out. It so was a bit next, of a sausage fest. It was a total sausage fest. And that's that's <laughs> – that's always kind of the case. So I'm trying to, that's another thing I'm trying to improve is maybe have like a women's category in the mini ramp next year yeah. so that the, the girls don't feel like they're getting completely squeezed out. Yeah. Um, so you'll have to come to the edge indoor park and skate yes. with me sometimes. And, and, um, there's a bunch of girls that skate there and they shred. Oh, sick. You should meet them for sure. They'd probably come up and shred the event. I should. I'll have to start practicing because I've been. I've been. Uh, I haven't been on my deck too. I've been working in the skate industry, but barely skating because I'm. I'm so often behind the desk. So yeah, I'll, I'll get my practice on and I'll come join you. Well, the edge is perfect because it's thirty thousand square feet of indoor ramps, and they had everything like the smallest to the biggest ramps. Yep. They actually built a bowl there, a snowman bowl, and they built the, the snowman bowl is intense. Yeah, they built so the stuff. S- 
They built this stuff so Tony Hawk could come and skate it, and he did, right. and he killed it. It was sick. I, I, saw, I saw that video of him, like, their team shredding, like, the pill, like, the huge pill and, like, half pipe and snowman bowl. Um, I, when I was living in Providence, we would go, we'd try to go on, like, Wednesday nights and do the late session. And yeah, then, 9 to midnight. Yep. So we'd skate late. I mean, I'm still not not super good at transition skating, but I'm um, trying to just, like, work on it and have fun with it. and. Um, we would skate until midnight and then drive into Boston and eat at Chow Chow City until like, <laughs> it's this like dusty, uh, sketchy, you know, Chinese restaurant. And we'd go there and like get nice. drinks and, <laughs> and just stay till like two or three. And, bunch of yep. MSG and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Bunch of scorpion bowls. And that was kind of our thing. Um, it's a little more of a trip now from Boston, but it's certainly not that far. Um, so I, I like that park a lot. Like you said, I, I, there were plenty of smaller things, you know, prog- progression sort of um, ramps where you can start small and work your way up. Yeah, the reason why I say that is because um, I teach skateboard lessons. Sometimes indirectly I teach skateboard lessons because, like, I'll go to the park now and there'll be these little kids. They're literally, like, I think, like, six years old. Like, they're so little and they're out there skating. And, like, to me, when I see that, I, like, can't help but go show them some stuff that I know because I totally. know they're just, like – So, I mean, sometimes I have formal lessons where it's just like, you know, someone emails me, they pay, I meet up, we skate, I meet the person, the little shredder, and then I show them everything. But a lot of times I just go there now and they're just there and I'm like, I can see them and I'm like, oh, you just got to turn sideways when you're riding so you can carve. And I'll just show them that. And then I end up skating with them. And and whenever I skate with the little dudes, I'm always just skating the small ramps. I'm trying to get them just to learn how to kick turn at the bottom of the on the sheet metal still not even up on the mason right so like that's why i like the edge because there's so much stuff there and you could be any level you could be pro you could be m you could be beginner you could be and there's so much shit there that like um but that's why we should tread there because that's where i start when i get there i start flat ground and like my first half an hour of skating is like flat ground and carving and like power sliding just like warming up and having sure Well, my kick kick turns are thoroughly above the metal, so... Nice, (laughs) nice. We'll have a lot more fun then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll be good. We can skip some of those first steps, but I might need some lessons. I love little kids, dude. I I trip out because they're so honest with their language. They have very little... They have a very small... um, there's no bullshit. Yeah, they, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. they don't know that many words, but they use them and they're like, perfect. It's like, okay, yeah. you're, you're just, you can't help but be honest. It's awesome. Yeah. And that's like the next, the next wave, you know, I got, you got to focus on the junior skaters. Otherwise, you know, three years from now, we'll have had a fun time at this festival, but there'll be no new people registering, you know, no new crop of guys trying to skate and realizing how fun it is. And certainly yeah. the same is true at, of, you know, at the skate park. Well, I appreciate what you do because it, it takes someone to like build these events and to to gather the masses and make it an epic time, and and that gets more people interested in skateboarding. And that's why sure. I always feel like it's a privilege and and, an, and a duty to like talk to these people that are just getting into it and try to like be friendly, you know, and like sure. I yeah, teach make them realize skate. yeah, make make them realize there's more than just. it's not you skating alone like at a park or it's not you bombing a hill solo and wondering like all right well this is this it it's like no there's there's so much more yeah there's a community there's tons of different types of people different expressions different styles different everything you know so like yeah i feel i i appreciate what you do and i feel like it's kind of our duty as we get older people that love like 
skateboarding and things like that. It's like someone who loves music. If you love music so much, you should share it. And when you see someone that has interest in it, you should make, help them make their experience or yeah, ride help with cultivate music. it. Yeah, exactly. Cultivate. Yeah. Which is a beautiful I, word. Thank you. And I appreciate what you do with the New England Am. Actually, before I knew you, I, I came out to New England Am because I was, you know, starting as, more seriously as a rep. And I was like, man, this like event seems sick. And I've been skating at the edge and I should go out. And I was really impressed by, um, I just thought it was so cool how it was like there were almost delegates from each shop. It's like, you know, you've got your, your four guys from EB, the guys from Pioneers, the guys from Levitate, the guy, you know, it's like each shop has its convoy and it's sort of like team battle format. And yeah, I'm, exactly. I even brought it up like at just doing my normal sales rounds and I'll, you know, I'd be like talking about ProTech or Loaded or whatever and, you know, mention the event and say, you know, we're also doing a mini ramp and street course. And I'd love to see, you know, if you can send down two of your, two or three of your guys, I'd love it to be like New England Am, you know, where it's like, there are the Levitate dudes. There are the, you know, Eastern Border dudes. And, yeah, because um, there's so many shops and there's so many kids that are, you know, these shops are building their own scenes and their own community of skaters and now that skating's growing it's insane so like all these crews are bumping into each other at these events right. and everyone's like what you can do that he can do that right. it's like that it like kind of it's the glue these events like kind of allow these crews to see each other sure. couple times a year you know absolutely yeah and it's like it was cool there are some people some definite new faces that i hadn't seen who totally threw down and i was like this is awesome you know evan from narragansett who i think you, you're you know you know him very well yeah, we and, give evan boards uh with yeah. Online. yeah he killed it and he helped out protect running the booth too and then yeah um, that was classy move i told him yeah that. i was like good yep. move, good move <laughs> yep and uh you know uh, a couple guys from orchard mac max hesh i actually just got protect in there recently and todd's been super cool and, and supportive todd's the man todd's the man for sure. he's the he's the man so um so yeah, I'm I'm pumped on that, and I'm I'm definitely admire and sort of try to emulate some of the things you do with your event, um, just to make my event cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. Well, I'm glad we know each other because we can help each other. Because I think your event's pretty cool too. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I like the that. racing side. Like, um, there's Jim Thebo. He does the roll for Rob stuff. You seen? Yeah. That yep. I he was does. there. I was. Uh, I saw you at the Providence one. Yeah, exactly. So, and I love how he does his little race course. They set up the race it's course. It's so sick. Yeah, and it's just like awesome. So that was like the most fun part of the day to watch. I think. I think it's because like participation, you know, like people. Sure. It doesn't matter how good you are. It's just a race. So like you know, you can just get in the flow. Like I was snaking in the races, and I wasn't right. even in the races. Dude, they were so fun to watch. <laughs> also, just also because it's a bunch of guys who like aren't used to taking corners super fast. So everyone's like <laughs> doing like epic skaters who can like, you know, pop at maximum pushing speed over whatever's in their way. But then like when it comes to going around a hard right turn, they were like so fucked up. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like crazy style and like, like could not stay on their boards. Yeah. It's like thrashing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, it was great. I thought that was, it's, I agree. That's a, a really cool part of that event. Right. Um, okay. I wanted to ask you a little bit about repping. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How did, how did you get into that? So I was um, working in-house at G-Form. I was taking this entrepreneurship seminar at Colgate for two years as like a side project to, to my mate. Colgate College, right? Colgate University, yeah. University, okay. Um, so I was in economics and French double major, but on the side – there was this, this um, entrepreneurship institute that had started up just like one of the alumni realized the value of this and realized it was missing from the curriculum. 
So he started that up and I was like, oh, I like entrepreneurship. Like I run my own landscaping company and I, I want to learn from that. So I, I joined that. And uh, in retrospect, I almost wish I had made the skate festival my project. Yeah. Instead, I, f I focused on like making an epic, big growth, you know, three, three season landscaping company out of like a one man operation that it had started as. So that was cool. Like that was a really positive experience. And the head of it, his cousin was the CEO of G-Form, which is like an impact protection company based out of Providence. Um, they had just been founded like two years prior. So he was like, you know, I, I know you're involved with the skate world and action sports and uh, I'm impressed with your work. Like, would you want a introduction and, and maybe work for G-Form? And I was like, absolutely. Like, sure, send the intro. So I interviewed with them. I got hired for a marketing position. Um, which was super cool. But over time, like my role tr steadily transitioned over to sales because, you know, I was doing marketing to every sport. You know, we had like stand-up paddle athletes, um, BMXers, mountain whoa, bikers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Say that stand-up paddle athletes. I've never even heard those words combined. Like I know. it's I, I had never heard it before either. But wow. there's like a, a crew of people who like to race down whitewater rapids on stand-up paddle boards and they need pads for it. And sounds fun. Sounds fun. Yeah. It's, it's fun and sketchy, but like, exactly. I was in this role where I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing, but here you go. Like, sure. Um, have some pads. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you need them. You need them. Yeah, yeah. Like whitewater kayakers, mountain bikers. Like it's a really cool technology. Um, but I had the deepest network for sure in the skate world. Um, and, friends who had shops and, and, um, you know, so th they were like, well, do you want to start calling on some, sh like, do you want to try to do some sales and like call some shops? And I said, sure. And called, called a few and they like all immediately opened accounts and placed orders. And they were like, Oh shit. Like you should do more of that. Nice. So <laughs> I started, like, I ended up, um, transitioning into a skate specific role. I was still doing the skate team management and skate marketing, but I walked away from the other sports and I focused on sales and marketing and product development for skate. And that ended up growing into a worldwide position because I, I started signing up international dealers. So it was really cool. Like I got to be the director of board sports and manage all of our, you know, basically skate and snowboard division sales and marketing. Um, but funny. I, so that was cool and got me some industry connections and, um, you know, like at brands as well as at shops. But then um, I just wasn't stoked on the way the company was being managed. There were a whole bunch of people about my age who left the company all at the same time. I don't need to go too deep into that. It's still a super awesome company. They support my event. Um, they have an extremely cool product. And I just felt like I wanted to focus specifically on skateboarding rather than at a multi-sport company where I felt like I was like, my attention was being split too many ways. So yeah, I was I like, see that. yeah, I was like, I just want to focus on skate and work for companies that are skate centric, skate specific. Um, so I hit up, you know, I, I resigned and then hit up loaded boards and was, I've, I've been, you know, those are the guys who did those trick tip videos back in the day. So I've, I had sort of been a fanboy since square <laughs> one and, uh, Fanboy. And, and fucking and fanboy, fucking fanboy. Yeah, I know. I, I say it sort of half jokingly, but um, <laughs> I so, fan out on like a lot of my episodes on people, so don't worry about it. No, it's all good. Yeah, it was just like it was the brand that had gotten me interested in doing more than just like cruising and carving and bombing hills. It was like, no, there's more to this. There's media. Like it. That's what made me start creating videos and getting involved on social media and learning tricks and and uh, expanding like my my skate vocabulary. So. 
um, I hit them up. I was like, hey, I resigned. And they're like, what? You're crazy. And I was like, yeah, I know. So are you guys hiring? And, uh, <laughs> and I'm kind of assed out right now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm available. Um, nice. And they were like, uh, we don't have anything in-house, but we have an, a New England you know, sales rep position open immediately. Nice. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't, I, I knew what being a sales rep kind of was on paper. Like I managed our domestic sales reps when I was with G Form. So like I had the territory reps who I would work with and who reported to me and who I would sometimes go out and like hit the streets with and like visit some shops. But that was the extent of it. So um, I was very new to the, the repping role, but they took a chance on me because I knew that I was like involved and had work ethic and had some sales experience. Um, did you so find it, do you find it hard go, when you first started being a sales rep going into shops yeah. and like just forging in relationships and now and talking For to people? Sure. Yeah. It was like, I've always been pretty outgoing and I knew some of the shops. So it wasn't, um, you had a nice start then because you yeah, had some you could go into. Exactly. I had the ones that I was already comfortable with. But then for sure, like I had this dealer list and I didn't know three quarters of the people on it. And I'm like, hey, I'm your new rep. Like at least I was an existing – I was with one of their existing dealers yeah, uh, or vendors. But at the same time, like, yeah, you're starting from completely ground zero as you're the new rep for Loaded. And, and um, you know, I did had, had to spend a, a good amount of time developing those relationships and then, you know, over time, picked up some new brands, some of whom, you know, you can't really pick up sick brands when you don't have any track record. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So started small, sort of, did, I never really like went on Malachi or did anything to like aggressively seek new brands. I just sort of let it try to happen organically and um, let the opportunities find me and make it sort of organic. So over time, like picked up some, some new brands and have since developed into like a full four season, um, rep, you know, I've got protect, which is, um, skate, but also getting back into snow. Um, nice. and they do water sports and biking. And then I've got spy optic, which, you know, sunglasses, snowboard and ski goggles. That was one of my first like flow sponsorships. They're glasses. Spy yeah. 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 Rob yep. Dyrdek wrote for them too. I don't yeah, know he did. He but, I don't um, know if he does anymore. I know they had Ken block on there. Like some of the DC heads were pretty involved. So um, so I picked them up and then, um, that was recent. And then this winter also picked up some awesome snowboard brands, Jones snowboards, yes, snowboards, now bindings. Right. Um, so yeah, I feel like after a couple of years in the game and it's, it's totally hard work with, you know, not a huge payout, especially when you're in the building phase. Cause you know, it's commissions only. There's no one's paying you salary or reimbursing you for expenses. Yeah. Um, you're kind of doing your own thing, especially since I'm not with a rep group, I'm like, solo yeah um so you know i i you put a lot of miles on your car you, you spend a lot of time in front of dealers and building with those relationships but um you know it's like now i'm i feel like i'm getting to a place where i have good brands good dealers good relationships and can kind of keep growing it's yeah. still still hard-earned cash but um it's in a field that i like a lot you know and, I, I love I love board sports. Yeah. And the more you do some, you do something, the better you get if you're trying to get better. For sure. You get a rhythm and it doesn't seem as hard after a while and you get – Right. But that takes a lot. It takes all that groundwork and – For sure. That not yeah. knowing, figuring it out and asking questions and being humble and – Yeah. And like making mistakes and learning from them and being like – looking like an idiot sometimes but figuring <laughs> it out and like – Yeah. It's – it's it definitely gets easier and you develop a routine – 
and you just gotta like driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I do. My homie Conrad, you know Conrad Furla. Yeah, 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 for sure. He works with all I need, and he t- always calls me when he's driving to shops and stuff. He's like, "Yeah, I'm on this crazy trip right now, like this <laughs> hours." I'm like, "Get it, man." <laughs> yeah, dude. He's yeah, he's a road warrior for sure. You kind of have to be. Um, okay. Uh, I'm not going to take up too much time. I already appreciate how much you've given, given me. Um, Absolutely. I appreciate yours as well. Um, after party. What'd you do for an after party? Did you do one this year? We did. It's always, it's nuts. Um, so we go over to, um, just nuts because it's all ages, but they also serve alcohol. So you can imagine, you can imagine like the number of people there plus the number of people who are trying to get drunk who are like in vacation mode. You know, um, vacation, no work. Yeah. And, and honestly, most skate, most at least downhill skate events are like in the absolute middle of nowhere where everyone camps for free at, at like some empty plot of land and they can shoot fireworks and make fires and get drunk and like not have any care in the world. So they sort of, some people come into Central Mass with that mentality, which is like a problem because it, it's this, that's not the case here. But the 80 um, year old people that were angry before about the bullhorn are now, pissed. oh, yeah, dudes are doing. Right. Mushrooms running around a fucking field, lighting shit on fire. Yeah, luckily, luckily, no one has been stupid enough to try to like camp on someone's property or like set up a tent in, a, in an apple orchard or something. But um, damn, that would be sick though. But don't that do would be, that don't would, do but it. don't do that. Yeah, yeah. but um, you because know, the cops will come. So, <laughs> so but it's like the Garden of Eden. You're camping, you're sleeping under the stars, and you get yeah. fruit right there. You're I know <laughs> it is. I see the appeal, and I have to ask people to resist the temptation. Um. <laughs> So everyone stays at this hotel, a few hotels in Devons, which is the next town over, and it's right next to Air, which has the Billiards Cafe, which is this huge, awesome pool hall, but it's like, it used to be a concert hall, so they've got a stage, they have all this acoustic paneling, they've got a massive floor that can accommodate, you know, 250-something people, um, and they're set up to have music, so I had my buddy who's like a you know, sort of bass music producer. It's not exactly like my daily driver on, on like my, you know, Spotify, but there's plenty of kids who love the the bass music world. And um, he's been putting in a lot of work and touring the world and playing internationally. And That's cool. And he has some friends who run, it's called Hennessy Sound Equipment, which is like, I didn't know. He was like, it's going to be a pretty sick system. Like it's, it's big. And I was like, uh, okay. And uh, it's- Like concert level? This was like, this system could have played a venue of, you know, 5,000 people. And we had it in the pool hall where they're usually used to playing like classic rock and like old timers. So Jimmy Buffett on blast. Exactly. (laughs) So now you've got 200 something skaters and there's a huge outdoor deck and, you know, half the kids maybe of age drinking beers, like the other half, just whatever, having a blast drinking soda, listening to the loudest fucking bass music, like dubstep meets house music, like, Whoa. absolutely shatter like turning your brain into a, a slushy just from how <laughs> from how loud it is um so yeah it was actually epic we did a film screening marcus bandy's been working with brett novak on a on a new film so we filmed we screened that at the after party which was awesome what's that called dude what's the name of the film uh it's uh it was with will royce let me see what it's called i can send you that link too yeah because that would be do. that would be cool to plug um it's a really great film you know brett's used usually filming um in the streetscape world so it was cool to have him do sort of an all-around uh type video yeah that's um, he's, cool. done a, he's done a bunch of stuff with killian martin um yep, that did shreds too yep crazy like so, freestyle flatland. crazy yeah exactly next level rodney mullen type stuff yep yeah the video is just called will royce skate everything um so i'll send you that link too but 
Yeah, it was fun. And, and like, like I didn't know until right now I'm running this video editing contest where all these, I have like an open source box folder where anyone can edit from our bank of footage. Like I had a media team, I had a media team filming throughout and there's like $200 cash and a bunch of prizes from co-sponsors to basically who the top three people who make um, the best videos. So as I'm, thank you. Um, and the first submissions have been coming in, and they're awesome. They're absolutely, like, stellar. So um, That's a rad idea because then you're getting more than one perspective of the event. So whoever exactly. take on the editing process, which there's plenty of kids that are like, yeah, that's so cool. I get to edit all this footage and put music to it. Right. Feeling. So it's cool to have people making – do you ever get to watch – is this your first year doing it? you got to watch it so Flip like I, a, some crazy in there. <laughs> I, I I did it um, last year as a test run, as a super last minute thing. I was like, oh shit, I have a Canon 60D and a GoPro, and no one to film with them. Like, uh, what do I do? And I I don't have time to edit a video myself. Yeah. So I just had one of my friends just film with them and like pass the camera around, and then and then made the footage available afterwards, and it went well. I mean, the footage was not the best, but it was good enough to like run the contest, and and it was sick, and we got a lot of entries. Right. So this year I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this properly and had an actual team with like a, a leader and, you know, someone running a drone, a few people running GoPros, running like DSLRs, all, all shooting with like the same settings. Same. So that the first um, entries have been coming in and they're sick. And this is also a way where I'm trying to expand the event to people who maybe couldn't even go. Like yesterday there was a submission from some 15 year old kid in Irvine, California, who, who wasn't at the event, but who was able to make a video and like feel like he was part of it. And oh, that's cool. He got to edit it and all that stuff. Yeah, and and it feels like he was there because it's so, there's so much. It's like 200 gigs of footage. So, um, you know, I think that's kind of a cool dimension to it. But um, it wasn't until I was screening some of the some of this editing contest footage that I realized that like during the after party there was a full blown skate session going off outside where kids are like bolusing and ollieing down the stair set and like gapping from the parking lot to the the street down below and right. i was like i was like oh shit so yeah um luckily the cops you know the after party gets rowdy but we try to keep it as under control as we can and people skate outside and chill inside and listen to music and it's it's a good time dude well i mean you killed it dude that's all i really got to say is uh <laughs> sounds like Thank seven you. holding it down for seven years and it sounds like you're doing it correctly and it's growing and you have the right people involved, and uh, I appreciate your efforts, so thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate it, and it, it's uh, it's nice to hear good feedback on it. And I, I do think that, you know, after seven years, I'm happy with the team we've built and the format of it. And, um, like, I, can, I have a few key volunteers that I can really rely on to, to pull their weight and go the extra mile. Um, and and uh, I know, all, you know, the right people on the bureaucratic side, and, and yeah, I just want to keep growing it and do my part, do what I can to, to grow skateboarding and usher in the next wave of shredders. Dude. Awesome. Um, before we go, I'm going to put all the links you send me in the show yep. so people can check that out. But is there social media for the event that you could tell yes. people about? Yep. So social media on, on, um, Instagram, the name is just central mass skate festival. Um, the official hashtag is central mass seven. Nice. Uh, just spelled out C E N T R A L M A S S number seven. Um, that's so there's, I think there's almost a thousand photos posted under that hashtag from the event. Um, on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash skate central M A. 
Um, I'll send you that link as well. And um, that's pretty much it. I don't have like a specific Twitter or Snapchat for it, but all the all the major stuff goes on that Facebook page and on that Instagram account. Right. Mike, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate you having me on. One last thing before you guys go. If you could go to the iTunes store and type in The Shetler Show and please subscribe and give us a rating and a review, that would help out this show tremendously. Thank you to World Industries. Don't forget to check out the new Flame Boy Lives collection at worldindustries.com, exclusively at worldindustries.com. Thank you to The Edge Indoor Skate Park, 30,000 square feet of ramps, Epic Skateboard Community. If you need lessons, they got you covered. They got a full-on shop, skateboard shop there as well. Um, and also, November 5th and 6th, the third annual New England Am will be returning to The Edge Indoor Skate Park. And we have a lot of excited stuff planned. We will unravel that as it gets closer. And thank you to All I Need Skateboarding. Thank you to all you guys out there that love skateboarding that hang on to skateboarding, even though the world tells you to grow up and get a job and put away the childish bullshit. Thank you for making skateboarding a need in your life. You can check out our apparel and our decks at allineedskate.com.